This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I've been pumping fire, man. Really? Yeah. What have you been doing? Just a lot of... Do you just do that and <laughs> you sit in the house? Yeah. All day now, I just go on and off my exercise bike and I pump iron. God, you must <laughs> be scared. frightening in the living room. I'm loving it, man. I was, I'm doing push-ups on my knees. What does Travis do? Does he just sit and just Looks watch at me? me. <laughs> like, if he comes in here with an AK-47, he's about to shoot up the fucking Capitol building. That's it. Um, all right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks, and he's back from disgusting Los Angeles. He's in studio. I'm in even more disgusting New York City. Oh. Woo! Oh, yeah, That's I love right. it. I, as soon as I come over the BQE and I see that skyline, I go, all these other fucking cities are trying to be that skyline, but yeah. they can't be. They don't have the fucking guts. And they're not built on a trash heap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have the guts we- to live on top of a gigantic radioactive trash heap. Wow. So brave. Brave. Well, speaking of trash heaps and overall things that are disgusting, this episode, I'm sorry, what we're going to talk about, it is disturbing to say the least. You say, I'm it's- sorry. I say, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Children of God, part three, and uh, it's just getting ookier and uh, gookier. Disca- I yeah. say ookier and gookier. Sure. I don't mean gookier. We don't have to clarify. It's more of a sp- spunky. You know what I mean. It's uh, very we- spunky. It's very yes. spunky. Yeah. All right. um, <laughs> this is this uh, episode made me feel like Pete Townsend doing research, <laughs> quote yeah. unquote research. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. That's exactly how it feels. This is uh, going to be the low point of our Children of God series. It's going to be a four-parter. This right here is uh, all of the disgusting stuff that we've been alluding to, that we've been heading towards uh, for the last couple of episodes. This is it right here. This is why the Children of God should be wiped away. If you're babysitting right now, uh, wait till you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't listen to this with a child or if you anybody. you have a child like on your knee, Nuh-uh. get rid of it. Go away. Get yeah. out of there. You're disgusting, first of all. No, if, you, if you're walking near a playground or even if you're thinking about having a child, don't listen to don't it. Don't listen to this no, podcast. Absolutely not. So let's start off with flirty fishing. Now, flirty fishing is something that we've been alluding to for a while now. Let's finally get into this practice Flirty fishing was a form of religious prostitution based on Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Follow me, 
and I will make you fishers of men. But basically, he was talking to Paul and Thomas, who I assume must have had the sweetest apple bottoms in all of America. <laughs> all the walking, and all of yeah. the whatever in Jerusalem at the time. Jerusalem. Because Jesus Christ was just surrounded, and don't get me wrong here, but I assume by 12 homosexual men in the <laughs> desert. Oh, tight men. There wasn't enough food to be fat. And so they're walking around dressed as ladies like Bugs Bunny in the <laughs> cartoons, from the Looney Tunes cartoons, Ooh. and attracting men, and then they'd flip off the fucking dress. I mean, like, ha oh, got you. And then the guy that they fished was just like, oh, I knew all along. I could see mustache at bottom of scarf. <laughs> yes. I don't think this was supposed to be a parable or an analogy for sex. It was supposed to be about saving people's souls, right? Well, I mean, sure, that's whatever. What, that's, what, that's, what, that's what my parents led to me to believe. Yeah, anyway. and yeah, and you remember when we were in high school, there were all those douchebags that wore the hooks on the bills of their caps? Yes. What was that about? That was about fishers of men. They that's, just oh. liked bait. <laughs> Everybody that this is all. I mean, you know, yes, of course, it was supposed to have a nice meaning, but this is the coolest meaning of all. <laughs> Flip it into prostitution. I guess so. Yeah, I always thought they were just ready to fish whenever they were looking for a bass. <laughs> so, starting with just women in the inner circle, Berg ordered members to go out, pick up guys wherever they could, seduce them, and then bring them back into the cult afterward. Now, David Berg at first justified flirty fishing by saying it was the only way left for the children of God to recruit members as they were being persecuted so widely for their practice of litnessing, which was just handing out pamphlets. I see. But that still happens nowadays with like, you know, Greenpeace and people like working for LGBT sort of thing. And they're doing lovely work for very good societies, very good charities. They're annoying as shit. Don't yeah. talk to me. Don't look at me. They harass you on the streets. Don't touch me. Which is well, why. Do they touch you? They sometimes will like do that thing where they try to flirt and they touch your arm and I'm like, don't you fucking touch me? Yeah, they touch me, I'll burn your whole building down. Whoa. And I, then I get, I escalate. Yeah, I'm you a Marxist. Seem to bring it to another level there. <laughs> yeah, what they're saying is that they needed a more clandestine way to recruit members through unconventional methods, and so flirty fishing was born. I do like the idea of Gary Ridgway picking up one of these Christian prostitutes, and then he's in a he's in a torture chamber. He's living the horror life that he wasn't even expected. He thought he was going to kill them. Oh, and no. now he's a member of the Children of God. <laughs> That's worse than anything. Oh, no. Gary Ridgway would have strangled her to death long before she started talking about David Berg. You're always right, Dogbeat. <laughs> I'll have to give it to him once again. Now, about the FFers, as they were called, Berg said that they should not let self and pride enter in and reminded them that according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, their body had already been bought by Jesus through the crucifixion and this was their way of paying him back. This guy's playing fast and loose and when it comes down to it, it's like he <laughs> yeah. could have done whatever he wants. Again, we're going to see that David Berg used the cult to sort of live out his own fantasies mm -hmm. and a part of his fantasies was being a gigantic pimp. Yeah. And that's exactly what sure. this was. That you know, and these uh, women, they called themselves like you know, like hookers for Jesus. Uh, they were there was no, uh, there was absolutely no pretending here. They knew exactly what they were doing. And that is kind of a biblical uh, trope, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene and all that. Because uh, that whole she was gang. blowing Jesus, right? Uh, yeah, she yeah. blew the whole town, and he saved her life. But and then you have to suck his dick if he saved your life. I would assume there's some documents that were missing. That's I think an Italian. <laughs> that's an Italian rule. I. I I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. Police officers in Rome get blown every day just by faking killing people. You it's know what I mean? They, they fake catastrophes. It's a bad system. Now, Berg's ultimate justification and the justification he would eventually use to excuse any and all
criminal horrific behavior the cult might engage in was from Titus chapter 1, verse 15, which said, To the pure, all things are pure. Uh, and it's just after you say it over and over again, after you just got done molesting your granddaughter, right. then you turn to the side and go, to the pure, all things are pure. <laughs> but I think you could even take it to a situation where you're chewing your gum, oh, it accidentally, accidentally falls out of your mouth, you gotta pick it up, to the pure, <laughs> all things are pure, and you pop it a, a piece of filthy Wrigley's. Technically, <laughs> that's where the five second rule came from. I think that might be the case. <laughs> but it's sad how the five second rule then somehow, in some twisted way, led to molesting your granddaughter. <laughs> you know what? You are caught up on that, but at the same time, it happened, and I have to be, um, I have to yeah, allow that to. You are a little jammed up on the whole it's molesting. It's really fucked up. <laughs> they just seem to it's be the thing really that you can't get out of your brain. Yeah, oh, I can't get it out of my brain. <laughs> now, this right here, this is a clip of Berg talking about flirty fishing. My sexy little fish is up to a <sighs> job. They tease them, flirt with them, then screw them until they drop. That's the way to bring them to the Lord. Forget all that old-fashioned gospel preaching. We're six times more effective than Billy Graham. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good God. He sounds like Bob Ross and the old guy from Family Guy. The child molester. He actually does kind of look like Bob Ross. A he does. A little bit. If Bob Ross only painted gaping, you know, God knows. Assholes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say that. This whole episode's so disgusting. But I, one thing I do, I will say the term refreshing. What I find refreshing, refreshing. is that David Berg is at least out in the open about being a total sex deviant. Yeah. Where most priests do that on the private inside of their offices. He came out and he made pamphlets about it. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, I suppose you know what you're getting into. Well, I mean, really, actually, you didn't know what you were getting into okay. because uh, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times the children of God, it would start off with, uh, I mean, it would start off with you couldn't even hold each other's hands. They really edged people into this. But that's just right. for the lifers. Those are the people who have been there since the very beginning. That shit flipped. Like, really, really fast. At this point, they're traveling all over the world. Once they got to the point that they were moving from compound to compound, when they were they got away from Fred Jordan's ranch, and they were, like, basically on the run 24-7, that's when people started fucking. Yeah. Mm. Okay. God, that must have been exciting, though, if not incredibly stinky, and also <laughs> against every rule of family that's ever been. Yeah, it's like a non-musical <laughs> version of when the band and Janis Joplin all got on that train. Yeah. Neil but- <laughs> Young was there, and Bob Dylan, they went through Canada. But it's not, it's that, imagine if Neil Young was also your fresh, perfect daughter. Uh, see, it's another time where you seem to be caught up on that. I have no choice. Well, I don't. You do have a... Well, we're going to move on. Now, as with everything else in the children of God, Berg tightly controlled every aspect of flirty fishing. Here are, according to David Berg, in an illustrated Mo letter of the same name, the seven Fs of FFing. What is it with it about cults and using acronyms and using like and, and initials? Because like they that? have to repeat this stuff over and over and over again. Uh, and if people hear just an acronym, they don't have to necessarily think about a concept anymore. They just think about it terms. as yeah, like terms. technical terms. It's yeah. because uh, Scientology is obviously very guilty of yeah. that. With and the SPs and all the fucking horse Well, shit. they repeat this shit over. They have to repeat it over and over so much to, much to really get it stuck 
stuck in their members' heads, and it gets a little cumbersome to say flirty fishing over and over and over and over again. It's also interesting, maybe only to me, but the fact that in the older ideas of like of, of earlier Jewish religions and, and Christian religions, it kind of seemed like they put more emphasis on the long things and the big, long Latin masses mm-hmm. and reading through the huge tomes of the Torah, where they thought that that was more important because it was big and lofty and really complicated, where now in modern times, it has to be really short and simple, and it has to be like TGIF. <laughs> yeah, thank God it is Friday. <laughs> now, let's go through these seven FFs. Number one, effective. That's Hold an on. E, though. Hold on. <laughs> It has two F's in it. So if all these words have two F's in it, I'll still give them FF's. All right. Sounds good. Effective. In just the first four years of FFing, Berg said they witnessed to over 400,000 souls, meaning that they talked to 400,000 people. They tried 400,000 times. They cast that lure out, whereas they only actually fucked 63 Thousand. What's the oh. what's the percentages on that? One out of seven. Hell Jesus. yeah! <laughs> was Wilt Chamberlain a child of God? <laughs> yeah, he was three thousand. He was half of that. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Yeah, and out of those one out of seven, half of those stayed in the children of God. I mean, one out of two ain't bad. That's pretty good percentages. One out of two out of one out of seven. Yeah. So that's actually, I think. One out of 14. <laughs> I think it's 0. .5 out of 7. Is what? it one out of 14? I don't know if that is... Everybody's shut up. <laughs> I'm not a calculator. Yeah. It's not a math podcast. <laughs> number two, effective. That's not a word. Which is the same thing. He just made a new word and made it number two. Effective? E- effective and effective. You got to be effective and you got to be effective. David so- Berg again refreshing in a way that he was very silly. I mean, he was just got, he got drunk. Yes. We'll call it effective. And he was like specifically wine drunk, which is like the type of drunk where like bubbles are coming out of your mouth and you're fingering your family. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, again, red teeth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that makes the whole thing so much more. It just reminded me, imagine my like grimace was my grandfather and he was blowing me as a child. <laughs> Number three, Fruitful. Ah. That's the part he finally got to an F. Hey, all Fruitful. Right. Do it as much as you possibly can with as many people as you possibly can. Hell yeah. Number four, efficient. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really you know, at this me. point, he's already fucking everybody, so it doesn't even matter. He's already torn your family apart. You can't see your mince words about fucking Fs. Well, I guess that, that is another 2F word, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. in a strange way this is working out. Yeah, I kind of got, you know what? I'm kind of with you on that. So as far as efficient goes, by the time flirty fishing came around, Burke had begun to abandon hippies completely. He said that their message, quote, must now be spread amongst our rich elders and influential businessmen, politicians, and government leaders if we are able to obtain their favor and protection and to continue to have opportunities to reach their young. Good Christ. <laughs> you know, all He's these... right, though. <laughs> now, the fifth one, or actually, yep, yeah, number five, Financial. Make your catches so grateful of your sexual skills that they, at the very least, will make a donation. And not coincidentally, a lot of FFers also worked as escorts. No way! <laughs> That's stunning. <laughs> so I love that he does call the uh, John Payne, uh, the prostitute, just a nice donation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. it's, it's tipping him. Yeah, it's a little tip. I don't think I don't know where the tip jar I is. I think but they should be paid a living wage. <laughs> I agree with that. Number six, official. Two Fs. 
Okay, wow. <laughs> I mean, again, no, the fits. rule's already been set up. <laughs> and that's make sure you fuck influential people who might be in a position to help out the family should any legal trouble arise. And that's just a good lesson for life. Mm-hmm. For anybody out there, fuck somebody important. It'll help you. Yeah, ruin their life. Look what happened to Elliot Spitzer. You know, if they leave their socks on, they got money. That's a fact. Yeah, because he's too too busy. Too busy. Don't take the socks off. And number seven, forever. Hey, all right. In the first four years of FFing, 300 children had been born from the practice as birth control or even pulling out was not allowed in the children of God. These Mm. kids were known as Jesus babies, the most famous of which... We'll get to know later on. And again, this is a really surefire. This is a perfect way to add numbers to your cult. Yeah. It is the get, perfect way to add numbers to your cult. Yes, How about having is. a message that doesn't involve prostitution? Because then it wouldn't be a cult. And then you just slowly have it. Because eventually it wouldn't be a cult. It would become like a business. It would become something good. In order for it to stay, if you want to like not fucking sell out and stay a cult, you get your followers to have unprotected sex with various rich men, get their cash, have babies into the cult. Now you're getting numbers. I guess so. But what guy doesn't wear a condom when having sex with a prostitute? That's going to be a massive red flag. You're, Influential you're, businessmen. And Europeans. They don't wear condoms? Nah. Well, they're that's a big jump. So that's that's a, a big jump. I think we're going to get letters on that, but I, but I do I don't know. concur. I do imagine that most Europeans, they just shoot it wherever it comes out. It <laughs> seems to it would be confusing for the job. And this is also the 70s as well. Oh, like, no rules. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the 70s. No rules, just right. So, Karen Zerby, Berg's wife, a.k.a. the new wine. And nothing's better than a fresh, brand new wine. She was the very first flirty fisher. Now, while her and Berg were living in England in the early 70s, they came upon the idea that the most effective way to get people to listen to their message was to just fuck them first. You know, the first one is that he said, hey, Karen, can you go out and blow that guy over there? I want a Snickers. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. I, I understand what they're, they They really just went for the most simple plan possible. They really did, yeah. And so Zerby took ballroom dancing lessons and hit the London nightclub scene. Her first successful fishing expedition brought home an Englishman who was dubbed King Arthur by David Berg in a series of 23 mo letters called King Arthur's Knights, the Night Crawlers. I just feel like he might have liked him more than she did. He does talk <laughs> about sexy men quite a bit. He like does. He, he says these. I actually don't think he did a lot of of homosexual activity. I don't know. I think maybe he dabbled. It was definitely in there. I think he tried it out and just didn't like it. I think he liked watching his quote unquote wives have sex with other men. Yeah. I think there was something about that he really liked because he obviously is getting off sexually about them going out and having sex with these men. He just likes people to be happy around him. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Is he saying he's like a good party host? Like he's Jimmy Fallon? I mean, I think they're having fun sex around him. He's just saying eating cheese. I think there's a lot of quiet (laughs) crying happening. I don't know. In the series, King Arthur's Knights, the Nightcrawlers, written about two years after the expedition itself, Berg said that since being brought into the cult, King Arthur had become a central member in his inner circle, and that this was proof to Berg that the method worked, and so it was expanded to all members. The first place that flirty fishing was widely practiced was in Tenerife in Spain under Berg's personal direction. Now, this is actually, Tenerife is actually an island off the of the Spanish coast. Hmm. <laughs> Look I, I looked it up on a map. Um, <laughs> Very and good. 
But he said that it's a very interesting, uh, in the book what we've been reading for a, a lot of, we're getting a lot of research from Jesus Freaks, um, they say that it's very interesting that he really solidified the flirty fishing concept while at a bar hammered. Yeah. He was at a island bar drinking fruity margaritas with his five wives around him, literally going like, you know what would be kind of fucking awesome <laughs> if y'all started fucking them for money and I got the money. <laughs> if you like pina coladas. It's literally that song, but mixed with a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a group of about 20 people, both men and women, and those people were instructed to cast their nets as wide as they could to catch as many fish as possible. He tested it out with these 20 people for a couple of years before he actually put it out into the general population. What an incredible life that must have been for a hot second that oh. Leader of that call. I mean, uh, it's just. I mean, yes, I it's for terrible. the prostitutes. No, not for them. David Burke. He's there uh, yes. on an island bar. He's got the steel drums. Bang, don't ding, bo, ding, don't ding, don't ding. Every I day. I, I think that's the Caribbean. I don't think that's in Spain. Hey, that's Every, an island. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's got steel drums. Just because it's an island doesn't mean it has if steel drums. If a country drums. has pans, they have a steel drum. Ding, ding, ding. Steel, steel, steel drums the easiest Whatever. fucking instrument to play. You just go ding, don't ding, bo, ding, don't ding. He's there. He's there for four years. The party's never got a stop. He just switches out the wives. He's just sitting there just eating nothing but coconut shrimp. Ooh, Ooh. Oh, I love coconut shrimp. Mm. Ooh, I Whatever. Am, I'm going to Applebee's today. <laughs> Can you imagine? I've decided. Who, there's nothing better in the world than a Lido deck on a cruise. Can you imagine your whole life being a Lido deck? There's what a Lido deck is. Yeah, what is a Lido deck? Lido deck. You're yeah. a white trash person from Florida. What's a Lido deck? Yeah. Lido deck is where the, a lot of times they'll have a hamburger bar or a Sunday bar oh. next to the Lido deck. The Lido deck is not the general population like sunning deck where you go down. The Lido deck is uh -huh. normally an elevated thing where the people that don't want to take their clothes off in front of everyone yeah. sit on lawn chairs. So it's but the you can large, eat. they're That's larger they people. the food though, but it's fun. That's I, it. So it's the fat, it's, it's the fat cruise area. <laughs> oh, Mr. and Mrs. Dabrowski right this way. Yes. <laughs> so you got extra Coke everywhere. Thank God. Oh, God. Oh, 47 ounces of Coke. You got to take this 47-ounce glass from my dead hands. You just enjoy the hamburger buffet. Oh. Okay, just enjoy it. Every two hours, they re-up it. They, really? They, there's a tone. There's like a ding-dong. Oh, It plays God. every two hours when they re-up the buffet. Like drooling fat dogs. Yeah. Yes. But that's uh, the dream life. David Burke's living the dream. I have a question when it comes comes to the male prostitutes, if the whole point is to get impregnated, the theory then would be the guys are trying to impregnate women and then they have to convince them that to have the kid in the culture. The point isn't to get impregnated. Getting impregnated is a wonderful sight. It's a happy accident. It's a happy uh, side effect. The whole point is to bring new people into the cult. That's what my and parents said I was. A happy accident? Yeah. Oof. Boy, that's just a way of saying they don't want you. Uh. <laughs> well, at least they're flipping it and saying happy accident. Happy accident. <laughs> well, the, really, the men, what their job was, uh, I'm pretty sure because I was really thinking about it and trying to figure out why they were bringing in the men right. and that really comes in with the catacombers uh, and the catacombers were members of the cult uh, who were not allowed to say that they were members of the cult. Uh, it was named after the old Christians who had to hide in the catacombs uh, to meet and worship and all that but the reason why they were catacombers and why they couldn't tell anybody about being in the cult was because they they were all underage, and uh, I'm pretty sure that the men flirty fishers were there to lure in underage girls. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you just gotta pet it. Really, over the years, 
They catch Arab oil millionaires, international financiers, military officers, among many other regular people, most of whom, at the very least, contributed financially to the children of God. Hmm. And some flirty fishers dispense with any pretense that they were actually prostitutes. Like I said, they called themselves hookers for Jesus. I do want to get a baseball jacket that says hooker for Jesus. <laughs> that is kind of fun. That is fun. Yeah, and they participated in what they called ESing, or escort servicing. Again, a perfect example of taking the escort out of it. Yeah. Like, basically, you take the es- the word out of it, so you take the power away from the idea that you're actually having sex for money. Yeah, right. exactly. But because Berg had banned all contraceptives, the children of God became a breeding ground for VD. But Berg said not to worry, writing... Can you trust God? You won't catch anything, including a germ or a sperm. And that even if you do, he'll keep or heal or help you to bear all things? Come on, man. Dig it. <laughs> get groovy with it, buddy. You got a bit of a... Is that a mole? Oh, you should get that checked out because it is growing. But don't worry. God will heal it. <laughs> it's like a disgusting Dr. Seuss. Here's $5 coupon to the Burger King. Go and oh. go over there and enjoy yourself. Or I forget about that pest. Oh my god, it is spreading visibly in front of my eyes. <laughs> this looks like the map from Outbreak. <laughs> Slowly turning red. Uh, further demonstrating his control, Berg made each colony fill out heavily detailed monthly FF report forms that would be mailed to the children of God's Italy office. These things were extremely detailed. They had to say exactly how many times they'd done it that month. They'd have to say if they'd done it with uh, a live-in, which is somebody who uh, was brought into the cult, a friend of the cult who was someone who was a part of it but didn't live with them, or catacombers who were, as I said earlier, underage kids. They even had like an ff of the month. They have monthly rankings. You've got to have People need prizes. People need trophies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess so. They had the top, every month you had to t- list your top three. Who were your top three FF? And he had, I mean, he had a whole mole letter that was all about uh, what the rules of these report forms were. I read a lot of Mo letters over the last few weeks. These things are, they are almost incomprehensible. They're rambling and above all, they are fucking disgusting. They are very, very disgusting. And there's over 4,000 of them. There's just, so there's a lot to read if yeah. you're interested. I mean, I only read a, a few dozen, but Jesus Christ. Go to xfamily.org. Mm. That has all of them. And everything, the, the ones that they could find that are archived there, and there's a lot of uh, fam- the ch- children of God music, and then all of the story of Davidito, which we'll get into. Um, I mean, or don't go to that website. <laughs> don't. Just what's on ESPN? It's fascinating. It's all run by former uh, cult members who have gotten out. And you know what I think is so interesting, the Oakland Raiders are doing great this year. Are they now? Are, isn't that are they as, Are they as rough and tumble as they've always they're been? Rough that is interesting. To the Chiefs, though. Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah, don't about? change the don't change the <laughs> fucking oh, we subject. Can't, we can't we change, change the subject. Oh, I see. No, okay, no, no, we, no, 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 we did a lot of we did a lot of work on hours of work. I read it surprisingly good though. Yeah, David Carr, great season. Wow, what a guy. Everybody gather around. Listen, listen, this is Mary. Yes, flirty flesher of the month. March. March, everyone give a round of applause. Isn't it absolutely the coolest, most grooviest thing on the face of the planet? Her vagina ate her own legs. (laughs) And when I heard, tell me, Mary, if it is true or not, you did 
12 men at once? Yes, it was the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> wow, isn't that <laughs> comes back around. Maybe that's why they're doing so well. <laughs> no, as flirty fishing was being introduced, the concept of sexual sharing was also being integrated into the children of God's belief system. This meant that any and all children of God members were not only permitted, not only encouraged, but were required to have sex with each other, including their own family members and including Children. The worst part is the required. Yeah, part. that the other parts are like free will. You can do as you might. Disgusting. Uh, want to do. <laughs> the required part <laughs> makes it illegal. I think. Yes. I mean, well, that yeah. All the, whole, the whole part is it's illegal to have sex with your mother. It's illegal to have sex with children. Well, if, if that is wrong, if having sex with mommy is wrong, I want to be wrong. <laughs> That's how jazz music started. <laughs> what? Yeah. How did jazz? What? Uh, this is. We're gonna have to get into now. God. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I don't even know how to Let's begin to, to, to Ben Kissel's understanding of music history. Let's jazz music l- start. Let's hear. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, I, I really you know want to hear how I say get, get having sex give with him. You. Let's give him a solid forty-five seconds <laughs> to explain how jazz, jazz music was started by having well, sex because with your own You can't have jazz music without tension. And then what's what's more tense than wanting to have sex with your mom? And then if you think about the horns and uh, how fun that is for people to play, and uh, and every uh, mother applauds a son who can play an instrument. 25 seconds. You have 15 I seconds don't, left. Well, I don't like to get into it, um, but it, we don't know the origins of jazz, and I think it's important to remember that there's a whole series of possibilities out there. I wish this was a live news recording, like if this was Red Eye, and then it cut to the studio audience, and you hear like the, the gum wrappers and their pockets move. It's so quiet. I, how did jazz come about? You tell me. Because Ken that, Burns did like an eight-part series on I'll it. I'll tell you how it started. I'm sure he covered it then. I'm sure Ken Burns had a whole a chapter on, on uh, the, uh, the the love uh, between that. It the, started just like this. First caveman to do that. Uh, huh. All right. Okay. Well, let's get into... Uh, one of the most infamous Mo letters. It's called The Devil Hates Sex, But God Loves It. And this is David Berg justifying everything. There's nothing in the world at all wrong with sex as long as it's practiced in love. Whatever it is or whoever it's with, no matter who or what age or what relative or what matter, I'm talking about natural, normal, godly love as manifested in sex. As far as I'm concerned, for whomever. There are no relationship restrictions or age limitations in his law of love. But system laws make it all against the law. And if I tell you what I think, I'd probably break the law publishing it. Woo! Wow! The system really stinks! I mean, the Bible is full of pedophilia. Yeah, I mean, it's full of pedophilia. I don't even... You can see the expansion of the thought. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton Uh, of incest in the Bible. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's like, uh, what was it? Lot's daughters, after they left Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, they got him wasted two nights in a row uh, so they could fuck him so he could have an heir. Rock and roll. (laughs) Oh, my God. I guess, you know, wow. I wonder if uh, if Lot took a pretzel to his wife because she was all salt. You dip that there, and that could be where the first deli cart came from. So cute. it was just Lot's wife, and that's how it becomes cute. Then the Bible's cute. <laughs> I love it. 
But I do think he's, uh, you know, you can see where he's coming from. Yeah, if you I mean, look at the Bible from a, as a literal text, he it's can, disgusting. He can justify all of this shit. He can cherry pick the Bible to make it say ex- whatever he wants. And by, again, this point, everybody's given up their lives to him. So right. you're kind of just rolling with it. But then you're also going to find out that many sects of the children of God did not fuck their families. Yeah. And many of the fact they, they read that and they're like, okay. And they would kind of roll with it. There were a lot, there were not many like free love versions of the cult. You're literally just talking about the 20 people directly around David Berg were the ones really living in that family sharing bullshit. Today's sponsor probably shouldn't be, but still is AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. AdamandEve.com. Use the code LEFT at checkout. That's LEFT at AdamandEve.com. Use the code LEFT at AdamandEve.com. Now, David Burke, not content to just abuse those around him, also started forcing women, teens, and young children to send him videos of themselves dancing nude in a series he called Glorify God in the Dance. Here's his son talking about it. Now, Dad personally was a sexy guy, and Ugh. he would... You know, he would hug the girls and kiss them, and they, he would have sex with them. It, it, it wasn't just sex for sex. It was love. What he did, he did in love. And the girls wanted to be with him. And the dad said, well, look, why don't you try to do some erotic sort of dances? Well, let's try that out and see what it's like. And, and so they did some. And it was sweet. I mean, they did them for dad. And, but he sort of gave them, coached them how to do it. He said, well, have the sarong on you. And then towards the end, you can let it down and raise your hands up and praise to God. And he wrote some letters like glorify God in the dance. Very, very explicit. He wanted three songs, one slow, get faster, then fade out. He didn't want you to be totally naked. He wanted you to have, you know, use some. He was more into the Grecian thing that make it beautiful. But he are, he made it very instructions from A to Z how to do it. Oh, so he was, he was kind of like Ed Sullivan. Yeah. <laughs> a to Z. That was the show you were on. Yes, Thursdays, NBC. It's yeah. never coming back. He had Because you should have seen, oh, man, that the first version of the uh, the F is for Flirty Fishing. Oh, yeah. You never Ooh. got there. Ooh. <laughs> Rough. Yes. He had the teeth of a used cigarette filter. I mean, how do people think he's sexy? I don't understand any of this. You know what's really interesting? So they say the word sexy instead of like horny. Mm -hmm. Because they're saying, instead of saying that, and there's something about when we, about dictatorships and cult leaders and what they do about you change the meanings of words, right? Using the word sexy and changing it for meaning horny, right? Like saying like my boy is a sexy five-year-old boy. Please do not isolate that. No, it's going to be. And- <laughs> I know. I have no choice. It's already over. But the idea is instead of saying it's it's sexy to be horny now, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying him being that, not that he's just sexually aggressive. It's that he's sexy because he's sexually aggressive. Yeah. David Berg is a sexy dad. What he meant to say is my dad is a horny guy uh, instead of my dad is a know. sexy guy. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But the idea is that oh. you equate it to then whenever he's horny, it means he's sexy. Now he's sexy. It's I like see. it's oh. like Ed Larson from Round Table of Gentlemen used to operate back in the day when he was single. I don't understand. I don't think Ed wants to be equated <laughs> with that. 
<laughs> Good God. Well, as far as, you know, you say, you know, he had the teeth uh, of a used cigarette. I mean, this is an excerpt from uh, that same video. Uh, and this is a really good example of how brainwashed uh, these women actually were. This is a woman in that video talking directly to David Burke. And on the first take, I was masturbating to you. And um, when I came, I broke out in strong tongues. I couldn't control it. And uh, the last few words were, Father, I love you. God, (laughs) fill me with your seed, Jesus. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine just walking into this cult for the first day and you're like, that's who you think is hot? I mean, what do you, I'm I'm a 10 here. I guess that like uh, well, really, Ron Jeremy is considered attractive by his porn standards. It I actually don't know. probably keeps men in the cult. That's the whole idea is you're trying to keep the whole society together. David Berg is the epitome of sexiness. Then, you know, we walk in there. Well, the Woo. vast majority of cult know. members never saw David Berg in person. No. All they knew about, they v- rarely even actually saw photos of the guy. Usually the only thing they saw him uh, from was in those illustrated Mo letters where he would draw himself as, like, you know, your classic concept of God pretty much. You know, bald head, long beard. Either he'd do that or he'd draw himself as a lion, like a man with a lion's head. A man head. with a lion's yeah. head. It was very interesting. And that's also how you isolate. You create the myth. Yeah. Well, I was reading this article about Prince, and they were talking about how Prince knew that from early on. It's like the less he said about his inner workings, how he did stuff, and the less he told people around him how he did stuff, the more mysterious he was, and it attracts people to you because they want to they know. They want to f- investigate the mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And David Berg knew that instinctively, being like, if I isolate myself, I create this gigantic utopian <laughs> version of myself and then it helps you you know because it's easier to masturbate to a fantasy mm-hmm, sure. than to a real spinely old man with fucking horrible wine breath and like stained fingers <laughs> <laughs> yeah now of course not all the members of the children of God went <laughs> along with all this bullshit unfortunately for those members most of them were teenagers because there were a lot of kids that were growing up especially in the late 70s and uh, mid 80s these were kids that were born into the cult what they called second generation kids and it's very interesting the cult became really unstable when the kids that were born into the cult started becoming 13 14 because they started becoming like of a, a normal mental age where they could reason for themselves and sort of being like this is really fucked up yeah, they my parents are batshit insane yeah, yeah. so they sort of Fighting against it. It's very cool. It's kind of almost like the Who song like came to life. It was like a Who song <laughs> that come to life where the kids like took over, except they, they didn't. No. Yeah, and then no. of course they go and they fall in love with the Who, and next thing you know, Peter Townsend's arrested. Oh god. And the whole thing's falling. He was can these kids just not get can they just be with a normal person once? <laughs> yeah, these kids, when they were rebelled, they were sent to what the cult called teen training. Teen training happened in secluded camps, usually in third world countries, the worst of which was in the Philippines, where rebellious kids would be subjected to public beatings, starvation, seclusion, being tied to their beds at night, and public humiliation. The most unsettling practice they had at these camps was the use of a crude elastic device attached to the ears and the corners of the mouth that physically forced a smile, a device that they called 
the smile machine. Well, I actually like that because it, it's <laughs> it comes not, down would, to it. Smile on the outside uh, first, and then you start smiling on the inside. It mm-hmm. takes less. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. And with the smile machine, it takes no muscles no. to smile. <laughs> and you know what I think is interesting? And I'm not going to say that this may be inappropriate. It'd be kind of fun to give some of the people who give in our podcast one star the smile machine, yeah. so that they can enjoy something. Just smile. You're listening anyway. <laughs> My favorite. I've listened to all 300 episodes. It stinks. <laughs> So by 1978, there were plenty of people who were understandably not on board with the whole prostitution, incest, pedophilia, abusive road the cult was walking down. You mean nerds. Wow, I can't believe they weren't on board. Yeah, so Berg instituted the RNR, or the Reorganization Nationalization Revolution, to Mm. purge those members who objected. And that same year, down in Guyana, Jim Jones would lead over 900 people to their death in the Jonestown Massacre, leading to a huge public backlash against cults that had been steadily building since the Manson days. Because at that point, like, cults were kind of scary. You know, the Manson family, they were, uh, you know, they were billed as a cult, but it was more of a hippie type thing. Uh, And the Jonestown Massacre, that was when people really started to realize that this whole cult thing, regular people people could be taken in with it you know it was you know you know your sister your brother your even your mother or father could be taken in uh by these cults so there was a huge national backlash of doomsday cults are going to end in a doomsday yeah that's the whole point they have an ending built in Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, the children of God are kind of, uh, they're more of a reformed doomsday cult. Well, yeah, because of me, it's, he stopped doing the doomsday thing as soon as he realized, oh, I could just fuck everybody. <laughs> oh, I see. Then life goes on. Yeah. Then yeah. you realize it's because then you could fuck until the sun explodes. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know. Once you, I mean, Dab is a real sexy guy. <laughs> I, I've heard. The Raiders are great. Now, 11 and 2, I believe. Last year, they're much worse. I guess you could call a group of men having sex with their children a group of Raiders. <laughs> Bringing it back. I know. I, we have to <laughs> bring you, it back. Thank you, Henry. Thank you. I appreciate well, technically that. Technically, he did a good job with that, but this is the, it's this episode. Yeah. yeah oh, it's yeah. The episode. And it's about to get worse. Oh, okay. Good, yeah. Good, now, great. Berg, as he would do again and again throughout the years, saw the writing on the wall, faked a disbanding of the cult to get a little heat off himself, and changed the group's name to the even creepier... Family of love. That's like going from Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson Starship. <laughs> yeah, much much scarier. But by 1978, the Messiah of the children of God had already been born. A little guy named Ricky Rodriguez, a.k.a. Davidito. Poor... Poor Davidito. <laughs> yeah. So this is where it gets rough. Well, it continues to be rough. It, go, it gets, yeah. It's going from sandpaper to Stegosaurus's back. <laughs> oh, I love it's the Thagomizer. Yes, yes. <laughs> so in 1974, when Berg and Zerby were still experimenting with flirty fishing, Zerby reportedly had sex 137 times with 18 workers at the Bel Air Hotel where the group stayed. About this, Berg said, Those sexy men are crazy about Maria, especially the smaller ones. (laughs) And the janitors, they are the sexiest of all. So sexy, you could call them criminals. (laughs) I think I might call them criminals. That's a physical feat. She's a real athlete. (laughs) 137 times. You know what? Actually, in my head, the first thing I thought of was, how happy were those hotel workers? They were 
extremely happy. <laughs> it was just one woman. Yeah. Yeah. And this is 18 guys. Yep. So you're looking around. You're mostly, you're looking at, that, what is that, 38 balls? Yes, is 38. <laughs> I'd say somewhere, but to be honest, probably 37. Right? <laughs> Maybe 36. Yeah, you got to imagine one's losing. One's a Hitler in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and those time. guys, that 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 travels, I imagine, through a hotel's like gossip chain. Quick. Yeah, but what do you, hey, come quick. There's one downstairs. She's yeah. taking all of us. That's hotel workers. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I, guess I don't so. know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, now Zerby eventually got pregnant. No way. And somehow pegged a waiter named Carlos as the father. Well, they played the not it game, and Carlos <laughs> was the last one to say not he just it. He showed up late because he was stuck in the bathroom with diarrhea. <laughs> Why are you guys all raising your hands? Not oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I'm the Padre. Ah. <laughs> now, the book of Revelation says that at the end times, two of God's prophets would emerge to battle and eventually defeat the Antichrist. And according to Berg's interpretation, one of those would be his wife, Karen, while the other would be not Berg, but little Ricky. Oh, that's nice. He gets a promotion. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. This decision came from Berg's obsession with the number seven, which also plays a huge role in Revelations, as we all know first seven in Ricky connection was at the time of Ricky's birth Berg weighed 77 kilos that's 77 bags of cocaine I know I was just (laughs) thinking about that that's a lot of coke next Ricky was born in the seventh hour of the seventh day if you consider the beginning of the day to be 6 a.m. and Saturday to be the end of the biblical week I'd say that's fuzzy math that's fuzzy fuzzy math math, but it's kind of true 6 a.m. you could say that's the beginning of the day no why (laughs) technically midnight's the beginning of the day well no 6 a.m. is the beginning of the day at midnight, it's still night. Midnight is technically the next day. That's why that I never understand day. when people say it's really early morning, they mean three in the morning, but I say that's really late at night because normally I go to bed at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. But right. that's just because that's, again, that's fuzzy math. It depends on what airport you're in. It depends on what business you're in. Yeah. 6 a.m. is not the beginning of the day. 8 a.m. When do the cartoons? <laughs> when do cartoons start that on Saturday morning? That doesn't happen anymore. That does not happen yeah, it anymore. Does. You are ancient. <laughs> that does not happen anymore. 8 a.m. <laughs> Furthermore, Ricky was born on January 25th, 2 plus 5 equals 7, and the bill at the end of the hospital stay came out to 7,000 pesetas. And it also went to seven different creditors before it was eventually not paid. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like the end of the movie Clue. It's just, this is madness. (laughs) It's fuzzy math. It's It's fuzzy. It's very fuzzy math. Now, even though Ricky was not Berg's biological son, he got around this by saying that David was Ricky's spiritual father and not just his, quote, flesh daddy, as he referred to Carlos. That's as. me now. That's my new name. I'm you want to be daddy flesh daddy? Around. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, been, uh, but to my friends, I'm skinny daddy. Nah, you're flesh daddy. Yeah, mm. you're definitely flesh daddy. I would no rather, way is anyone calling you skinny daddy. Yeah, I don't want to call you flesh daddy, but I want to call you skinny daddy less. Okay, okay, less than that. So you're talking about, so you want to call me flesh daddy one-seventh of the time, and then skinny daddy one-fourteenth of the time, plus you math. I don't know if any of that works out. <laughs> and Carlos, by the way, skipped the fuck out of there as soon as he realized he wasn't just having fun gangbanging the crazy American woman. Well, do you there not, was actual religion involved. Did you put the, there's one story of what happened. So Carlos did not know he was a father. When he showed up, did, did, uh, mm-hmm. Kathy went and got him and said, I have to show you something miraculous. Yeah, that and was. Said, this is in the Mo letter, Life with Grandpa. And he does not know, <laughs> that he did not know what was going on. They go to a hotel room where he did not, do, he did not know David Berg. 
he the door's opened by this old man. And he's like, Carlos, flesh daddy, come inside. No clue what's going on. They walk to see a baby's crib. With, and he's just like, you're the father of our new savior. No clue that this woman, that he's just been banging on the side. He is a hotel. Him and 18 other guys. Yes, and they all know that they've been having sex with him. <laughs> he shows up. This woman is like, you're the son of the, you're the father of the prophet. And he's sitting there and David Berg pours them all a glass of wine. And he's just like, okay, now let the sharing begin. He tried to get Carlos to molest his own son and have sex with the do- with his wife in front of him in the room. And Carlos like waited till he finished the glass of wine, and this is true. And then got the fuck out of there. He stood he- up and said, "No vengas a mi con eso." <laughs> But the penalties in the NFL, I, I feel like Goodell's got to lessen, loosen up the rules a little bit. You know, it's really hurting Too the late. game. But this is true. Is wow. that Carlos, just in a world of just like, can you imagine that? <sighs> this is why Tinder will, Tinder's going to, it's going to end in this. <laughs> I don't, I just. You're the father of the prophet. The, for the, yeah, the fucking the four words you don't want to hear at the end of a day. <laughs> Definitely not. I, <laughs> I and that is true. Yeah, Look that's a, that's true. Yeah. That's a story that he told in the Illustrated Mo Letter, Life with Grandpa, because the whole this whole Illustrated Mo Letter, mm-hmm. it was Berg talking to little Ricky, who was asking about his. Uh, he was asking about Daddy, why am I brown? You know, he's like, Why am I brown and you're white? Well, he just be like, Don't worry about it. John Leguizamo will explain this to you in a Netflix special. <laughs> You'll, you'll you'll relate to him. Or my childhood friend Eric Rodriguez. I remember we were like we were like five or six years old, and I remember it saying to him at some point. I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, Why are you browner than me? And he said, Because he had a tan really young as a baby. Yeah, it's because you're like the whitest of all the races, Henry. Yeah, anyway, I'm brown. I'm Scottish. Yeah. yeah, I'm pink. Technically, I'm pink. <laughs> um, so this was his explanation. Uh huh. God just used Carlos only to fuck mama so that I could have you. He was just like an instrument or tool that Jesus used to help create you for his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Bird compared himself to a farmer saying the crop belongs to the one who tended the soil, not the tools. He told Ricky, A penis is like a plow, and a woman's womb is like a furrow in which the man plants his seed. I am like the farmer. And you are like my little crop. You know, this is just, it's fun. It's, it's a good dinner. It's a fun family dinner. But I got to go Dickie, chew gum. Dickie, my son, I got, what am I doing right now? You are holding your cock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and while all of that does sound extremely fucked up, extremely inappropriate. Yes, it does. It wouldn't even come close to what would be written in the book that would obsessively document every detail of Ricky's first few years on this earth, clocking in at 762 pages. The story of David Ito is perhaps one of the most disturbing cult artifacts that still exist to this day. I think a good way, if you really want to like ruin Christmas this year, like let's say you're having problems with family and you really want to ruin it, print out a gigantic PDF copy of the story of David Ito and just start reading it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I would like to print it out and then put it inside of a Harry Potter book. Oh. And then just be like, have you read Harry Potter? You would be put and in fucking Guantanamo <laughs> Bay. And then my mom would be like, Harry Potter, I heard that's kind of fun. And then she's thumbing through that. And then that would be, that'd be bad. And from now on, I will stop calling him Dickie. 
That's because good. it is a very serious story. It is. Th- thank you, Henry. No, I mean, really, like, it is. R- Ricky, it's fucked up. Ricky Rodriguez is uh, possibly uh, the saddest person that we've ever covered. Like, this is really, this story, uh, like, the actual story of, you know, the guy, Ricky Rodriguez, which, you know, really, the fourth episode is all about him. Because like, again, it's only about him. Like, he is, like, uh, he is a broken person. We and, remember and, in the abstract. This stuff is really ridiculous sounding, right? Yeah. Like David Berg, of course, is a ridiculous, disgusting old man, and you read it, and it's it's a it's you imagine you're like your grandpa, like grabbing at nurses' asses, like in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. But when it's actually your grandfather, it takes a level of, um, I mean, a truly tragic like angle. His yeah. life was tragic. Yeah. It was absolutely, yeah. and he had no he had no chance whatsoever, like gr- growing up in this shit. You know, like really, uh, because when you hear about all this shit, you don't really, you're not really able to visualize like the victims of uh, this type of situation uh, and these types of people. And Ricky Rodriguez, I mean, he is. I mean, we're going to be covering a victim here. Yeah, my sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year, thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins mother's day, but not this year. I'm coming back ready to win mother's day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this, we have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put, photos on it very very easily through the app it's fun to do and the memories keep cycling and i get emotional and we filled it with pictures of carmy and wendy and that is not sad that is celebratory so you should try it it's honestly a really good product right now aura has a great deal for mother's day listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get 30 dollars off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame that's a-u-r-a frames.com use code left at checkout to save Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. So originally published in 1982 and later re-released in a heavily edited version after they realized that people could use this fucking document to prosecute them for child abuse, the story of David Ito was supposed to be a manual for raising children. There is nothing, I think the most <clears throat> haunting thing about the story of David Ito is that what they did is they replaced their faces with hand-drawn drawings on top of all of their faces. Smiley faces. And it is brutal yeah, to look good. at. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not good. Not good. No, it's certainly not Stan Lee's best work. <laughs> no. He always puts himself in the movies, too, and I thought that was kind of Inappropriate rude. self-service. Yeah. Stan Lee isn't a, a... He's not an artist. He's more of a writer. If you said Steve Ditko, then, you know, that would make him. I'm so sorry. Henry's an, <laughs> an idiot. I'm sorry. Is this Wizard and the Bruiser? <laughs> On Cave Comedy Radio. Go See, check it out. <laughs> in the middle of this horrible story. I well, well that's a perfect place to plug it, I think. <laughs> no, the book was used as a guideline for the second generation of the children of God. God, uh, who, as we said earlier, were made up of members born into the cult, mostly Jesus babies born out of the tens of thousands of flirty fishing encounters. And remember, they thought he was the prophet, so they thought that every single bit of his movements needed to be recorded. Yeah. He needed this, his story needed to be told, and then if we're raising the prophet this way, every yeah. child within the children of God should be raised this e- way. The Nixon-like ego on these maniacs. Yeah, record, uh, having to record everything. Let's make sure to record all the felonies. <laughs> and just every felony I commit, let's make sure to record it. Yeah, and to give you a scope of how many people followed this book and believed that a kid named Ricky Rodriguez was the Messiah, in 1978, the Children of God claimed 8,000 members living in 228 communal homes worldwide. In 1983 alone, the year after the story of David Ito was published, the cult reported 746 births. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't have any sympathy for these cult members. These people are fucking stupid. Yeah, you are. I don't understand how anyone could <laughs> read these mo letters. I'm just, I just, it just drives me nuts. You're a lost person. You're willing to believe in anything. You're at this point. You're looking for any sort of structure. You said this exact same thing with Om Shinrikyo. I hate the people. I don't know who can fall for this stuff. Millions of people watched Peter Pan live on NBC. <laughs> yeah, but that, and, and, and I watched a little bit of Hairspray live, and I thought that was actually pretty good. It was no John Waters Hairspray. But it was pretty good. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ricky, often called the Brown Prince. I also will say I think that it was a relief because that was also uh, Dr. Ben Carson's nickname throughout his college. He decided <laughs> to change it when he ran for president. And I thought that was very responsible. That, that is responsible. <laughs> he was given forth to the cult as the perfect example of what a child should be, and his upbringing was the perfect example of how a child should be raised. 
And since his mother, Karen Zerby, was too busy with the day-to-day activities of the cult to actually raise him, most of Ricky's child care fell to Sarah Kelly, a.k.a. Sarah David Ito, and Angela Smith, a.k.a. Sue Cowton. These women were two of Berg's elite flirty fishers, so who better to raise the Messiah. Platinum card holders. <laughs> Sarah fell into the cult in the early 70s at the age of 18 and was Berg's secretary for 30 years. Described as one of Berg's most dedicated and mindless followers going so far as to freely offer her seven-year-old daughter to Berg for sexual purposes. And Sarah's sexual depravity when it came to children seemed to have no bounds whatsoever as her sexual contact with Ricky began when the boy was just 17 months old. I'm going to actually also put this out there from her writings, and we're going to we're going to get into this. Is um, I actually also think she was a little slow. I think that she was uh, the perfect victim as well. Like she got pulled into this thing. She was a uh, she was fucked up in the head, mm. and because she was also not the smartest human being on the face of the planet, it's easy to flip these people. It's kind of like Ga- Ga- Gary Ridgway. But that's yeah. how I put Gary Ridgway is like this. Ed Kemper's kind of like this. So these kind of people that are really stu- like people that are kind of stupid that end up doing really no, I don't fucked think up things. She doesn't get the dumb dumb pass. That's when you shit your pants on a, on a ride at Noah's Ark. You know, you don't Is get this to. Yeah, no. a Kissel family story. No, I did not. I did not go to Noah's Ark. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was about. Make, I, I didn't evacuate the wave specific. pool. Yeah, yeah it's very specific. This Christian, uh, this uh, Christian theme park. Noah's Ark is a great theme park in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Check it out. It's in the Wisconsin Dells, uh-huh. uh, which makes a lot of money off of Native American imagery, but then they don't give any to the Native Americans. Anyway, this woman's disgusting. Okay. This woman is, this woman is absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but really, I mean, you can compare these people uh, to, you know, the Manson girls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, spacey you, idiots yeah. that get so, turned into something yeah, evil. Yeah. They're getting <sighs> they're They're taken in when they're 18 and they're just, you know, and they're just completely and totally flipped around until they do anything that this person tells them. To I do. understand. There's escalation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, it's just incremental. Ex- escalation, you know, and of course these people wouldn't be doing this shit on their own, you know. Like Susan Atkins never would have murdered anybody if she hadn't hooked up with Manson. No, she had this. She had the infrastructure, yeah, which yeah. was good for her personality at some point, but then goes awry when it goes to murder. And I, I, I am against murder. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Thank you. So we were gonna read. Some stuff. From- I just read a bunch of stuff from Story of Davidito, and then we decided to cut it because it's blood fucking curdling. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting, and it's like not, and it's not like in a fun way. Like no. the Albert Fish stuff is no, like no. in a fun blood curdling way. Albert Fish stuff is that fun? Either. I think it's fun because of my my life, <laughs> oh, way, right. how I've no. led my life up until this point. But I um, this is um, it's because it it feels like reading child pornography, and we read a lot of it ourselves. Yeah. Um. So I think well, that now if you, you're admitting to. I'm that, just that. saying no. if you want to go ahead and really ruin your day, read the story of Davidito, and it's on xfamily.org if you want. It's really fucking disgusting. Yeah, it, it's the... It's like, a, uh, like I said, it's the, it's the worst cult artifact that has ever existed, you know, yeah. or at yeah. least in the 20th century. Yeah, and it's just like, if you're driving your car and you were listening to us read it, You'd probably no one pull would. off into the other side of the highway. Like, <laughs> yeah, no one would be happy. It's absolutely <laughs> atrocious what they did to these children. As someone who had a lot of abused kids come into my home with foster care growing up, it is 
there is no crime worse than what they did to that kid. Yeah. yeah. And everyone in this cult should, uh, you know, forever pay a, a punishment for and again, it. Again, it's also the concept of normalizing it. The way they wrote about the abuse and the way Sarah, his nursemaid, wrote about the abuse is so innocent. Like, it's so like, oh, this is matter of fact. Everybody uh, kisses their fucking kid on the penis. Like, everybody does this shit. It's like, no, they don't. They were, yeah, I mean, they, it was extremely innocent how they wrote it. I mean, that's how uh, Don Latin put it in his book, uh, Jesus Freaks. It was so innocent. These people were full of belief that they were doing nothing wrong at all. Like one page yeah. would describe like toddlers humping each other and use it as an excuse, like using it as an example of how awesome they were doing raising the kids. And then the next would go into a discussion about how Ricky's stamp collection is a quote, tremendous teaching aid in geography. And it's not, it's boring. <laughs> all right. Well, they should all be uh, tortured forever. Well, they're all fun. dead. All these people are dead. Yeah. Hopefully. No, they're not. Actually, most really? of them are still alive. Is David, are they really? Sarah's still alive? Yeah. Sarah's still alive. Karen Bur- Karen Zerby's still alive. She's still in charge. Yeah. They're not only still alive, they're thriving. I mean... Well, they should all be brought to justice. That's what I say. <laughs> I want John Walsh Put to your pants do a back show. Up. No, John Walsh is done. John Walsh. He'll find them all. That's yeah. what it should happen. And Ricky, he was raised right alongside this other girl uh, whose name was Davida. And Ricky was raised as the Messiah, while Davida was raised as what was supposed to be a sexually liberated child. And we both were put forth as examples of Bert's child-rearing abilities. And so, as we said earlier, uh, these people, you know, they didn't put their own faces in there. You know, of course, they thought there's nothing wrong with this. This is a completely normal. Uh, they obviously thought there was something wrong with this because they put their fucking smiley faces over yeah, their faces. Yeah, but they were yeah. saying it's the system that's going to come after us for, for this. Uh, this would be one of the areas where I agree with the system. Yeah, I, yeah. that's why the system is there. Kind of yeah. have to because there's a bunch of religious fanatics going around doing horrible things to people. This it, is actually the whole reason why the system exists. If people weren't fucking their families, anarchy would work. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> now, while the main perpetrator was definitely the nanny Sarah, there was another nanny present, Sue Cowton, who, while she didn't participate as hardcore as Sarah did, would be the only one to pay for her part in the story of David Ito, which we will cover in full on the next episode. And that, right. that gets kind of intense. The story it's, of David Duty gets fucking really, really intense. Yeah, yeah, because then it turns into the story of just a kid named Ricky, uh, who's yeah. trying to deal with this horrible upbringing that he had. Kid named Ricky turns into armed dude named Ricky. Yeah, yeah, Ricky uh, with the knives. Well, you can't disagree with him for being upset. No, you can't. Um, you can't. Well, and you well, can't. No, I mean, that's what that's what breeds these sort of people, yeah. you know? And that's what we're really going to get into the, the next episode. Is, is It's pretty much the, uh, more than anything, it's the brain of a vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. It's All like, right. So sort of, it's like Batman. Yeah, but then we'll get to see what actually happens if Batman exists. And also, he was an electrician. <laughs> oh. Huh. Batman was kind of an electrician. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> uh, he knew a lot about gadgets and stuff like that. Alright, so that's Children of God Part 3. Good we'll get Lord. into Part 4 oh, after my this, and then brain. we'll be done with this, and they'll never talk about this subject again. Yeah. I hope everyone can forget the subject, quite frankly. You know, you know, that's it. The problem is that we're latched onto a horse that's called We Like Details. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and like, and I think that's good. a good name for horse running in the Kentucky we Derby. Like we Like Details. Yeah, that's a, that is we a like good details. horse name. For the problem of a horse called We Like Details, when he does the Children of God race, the Kentucky Derby Children of God race, at the end of the race, he doesn't get to the finish 
finish line, he blows his fucking brains out. <laughs> yeah, well, I would agree. I would hope that everyone in that cult probably should have. But yeah. Oh, good that's Lord. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's my opinion anyway. That's the new segment from Ben Kissel here. I think they all should have blown their brains out. Well, thank you guys for listening. We got a bunch of live dates coming up. We're going to be in Portland, <laughs> Seattle, December 16th oh, and 17th. Uh, you know, Marcus, I know you like to dig holes, and this is sort of, uh, you know, a, 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 a philosophical one. Or what do you call it? A grave. A grave. <laughs> uh, well, Henry handed me the shovel. There yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And job. you know what? And we got it. We got to deliver the truth. Mm-hmm. All right, it comes down That's to it. it. It's the satanic light of fucking honesty, man. We can't fucking gild over the fucking details. No, I, no. I, to some degree, I actually agree um, because these are disgusting details, and you got to understand how gross it is to really combat it and understand how serious these problems group are. Think, Absolutely, groupthink so. is bad. Yeah. and this is one of those things where groupthink always leads to fucked up shit like this. It right. never fixes society. There's never an example. I'm not the sort of example of a cult making something good for society. If you have five friends and you all have the same haircut, it's a cult. It's a cult. <laughs> get out. Get out. Just don't do it. wearing the same color Nike. You're out. You get, get out. Cult. Look get around out right now. Yeah. If everyone has the same shoes, everyone has the same haircut, and you're considering only wearing robes, get out. Get out. Yeah, that's exactly why we cover this stuff. That's exactly why we get into the details. Some people can really see the consequences. Uh-huh. They can really see what happens if you get into this bullshit, and you can see what happens if you mindlessly follow anyone. And little allowances build up to something big. Exactly. Little things. And that's even in personal relationships, too. Everything. And Everything. All abusive relationships. It's yeah. a stupid concept, which I guess they found is real. The idea that if you throw a frog in boiling water, it hops out. But if you just turn up the temperature, it'll fucking die in there, which apparently scientists say is wrong. So why is it still a fucking saying? But at the same time, <laughs> if you look at little allowances, they can also really be beneficial. The Raiders were drafting offensive linemen. <laughs> and said, why are they drafting offensive linemen? Who cares? And look at the team they have now. Wow. What a strong core. Finally. But, but it's yeah. interesting that, like, you know, a cult is essentially an abusive of relationship. That's you know, it. there are these little things that get turned up more and more and more, uh, and you say yes just a little bit at a time. And you and feel then, icky about it. You're like, oh, you're but like, I like all the good parts. He's got good things. There's good days. There's yeah. good times in Ugh. the cult. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like, fuck the bad days. And, but then all of a sudden, the bad days outweigh the good days, and all of a sudden, you realize, oh, this whole thing's been bad. You're tied yeah. economically to him. Your entire existence is related yeah. to You're making and fucking weaponized botulism oh, in a yeah. warehouse. You Waking up early <laughs> and taking the train in, in, in Japan. And that's a... And that's a big reason why a lot of these people uh, didn't leave. Because really, the children of God, this whole, like, the whole pedophilia, uh, incest thing, this was, as Henry said, this is a small group of it. Uh, this is a, a very small part of the children of God. For Because we have a ton of listeners who were either, who were former children of God members uh, or had family members that were in the children of God. We've got, we've gotten a ton of emails and Facebook messages. A lot of these people just kind of got wrapped up in this weird thing. They didn't go all the way with all the sexual sharing and all that type of shit. But they, but they living, still, but they like a, living like this like weird kind of hippie lifestyle. A pure you know lifestyle what, with God. They're supposed to have a pure relationship with God that was all about like getting rid of p- property and identity and getting yeah, rid of like, but, all of these concepts and it gets to a point where we have some of that stuff for a reason. The one thing that's never really talked about about these people who are in the cults, they're a bunch of elitist scumbags in their own right. They look at late, like normal people as if we're wrong. That's yes. the whole point. Point. That's so the they're whole the ones point who being are projecting. Yeah, they're they're the, they're the, they're the one percent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. Yeah. No, the whole the whole point of children, children of God, especially, is uh, you know yeah. the the being the elite, understanding, Bunch knowing, having the having the the knowledge that nobody else has. Kind of like being a. 
Patreon donator here at Last Podcast That's on the left. Correct. Go to patreon.com <laughs> slash last podcast on the left to contribute to our Patreon. If you really want to truly be of the inner sanctum people <laughs> that understand what's going on in society. Well, yeah. speaking of the inner sanctum, on Able Against Top Hat, we did talk about politics a little bit today. Uh, you can follow up on what's happening with Trump and his cabinet. Oh. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it came out today. It could be Bobby V is ambassador to China. Bobby He's- Valentine, manager of the New York Mets. The New York Mets, Bobby V. <laughs> We're doing fine. Everything is going great. So, yes, uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. It's Able Against Top Hat's doing great, new and noteworthy. We really appreciate everything. And uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen, check mm-hmm. that show out. Wizard and the Bruiser that was mentioned earlier. <laughs> and um, Page 7, Sex and, uh, Sex and Other Human Activities, and all the shows here on CCR. Absolutely. And, you know, we mentioned the Patreon earlier, uh, and that ties into uh, our upcoming live shows. If you are a Patreon subscriber, even if you give just $1 a month, you get access to pre-sales for our live shows. At least one day, sometimes more, we send you a message uh, that tells you when the pre-sales are up, uh, and all you have to do is give $1 or more per month. Uh, And if all of you guys gave a dollar, Jesus Christ, I mean, that would be completely life-changing for us. The Patreon has already been hugely life-changing. Thank everybody so much uh, for giving to our Patreon. Uh, Go to cavecomedyradio.com slash live to see all of our upcoming live dates. We've still got a couple of tickets left for our early show in Portland, but those are definitely going to sell out. Uh, We're definitely going to sell out Chicago. Uh, We already almost sold out with just our pre-shows. We just uh, put on sale San Francisco for March 25th, and we just put on sale uh, Kansas City, Missouri for January 28th. All of those dates and tickets are available at cavecomedyradio.com slash live. Can't wait to get that fresh crystal meth in sweet, sweet Missouri. <laughs> I was thinking about the chili. That's that's Cleveland. Kansas, no, Kansas City is quite known for their chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, with, with Cleveland, you're just thinking of chili and spaghetti. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a strange way they do it over there. I thought that was yeah. Cincinnati. That's Cincinnati. That's yeah. Cincinnati. It's yeah. right. It's cinnamon chocolate. Chili. Cleveland, I don't know. I think they have a, in a, a maybe a gut buster. That's where, fat burger that's where Drew Carey was garbage. from. I think Cleveland has garbage plate. <laughs> then garbage plate. Uh, right. That's well, true. I don't know. I, I'm just going to well, pretend we successfully finished this episode. <laughs> Got to do that. Uh, hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Uh, hail Gein. Hail me and give me your money. All right. Well, now you're soliciting yeah, money. Magoostillations. 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 one For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.